Welcome to Scoop and Score! Scoop and Score, baby! Scoop and Score! So, we had a pretty, uh, to be honest, a little lackluster week two. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, for me, I just want to start off by saying that was an incredible Bears win. Obviously, uh, Eddie Pinheiro coming through with the clutch kick kind of uh, helped alleviate some of the concerns. Uh, unfortunately, our quarterback is still garbage, so, you know, one problem at a time. No, I think that showed a lot of good, uh, that showed a lot of good improvement, you know. That's one area that, you know, as the season goes on, we don't, I'm not really as stressed about. Well, unless it's a, unless it's a 43-yard field goal, that's the, uh, the cursed distance. Mm. 50, no problem. 43, that's the double dunk. I'll just say this, at least I'm not a Vikings fan. I still have the air was, so. Yeah, but would you rather have Kirk Cousins or Mr. Trubisky? Mm. I'll take Trubisky on this cheaper salary. Yeah, no kidding. That's true. Not 100% guaranteed, and not he doesn't have the same like horrible record versus like decent teams, you know? Better to be a cheap failure than an expensive failure. Very true. What do you think about the roughing the passer call? Thank God that happened. The Bradley Chubb one? Yeah, that... I mean, have you noticed there's a lot of roughing the passer calls these past two weeks? Was it Miles Garrett called got called twice for one on Monday night? They usually don't call it like I because I've been trying to look at that and like even if they do let up then they usually don't call it I feel like um, yeah I guess I guess I don't have the statistics in front of me I'm sure it kind of depends on uh, who the who the quarterback is too if you're uh, if you're landing on Brady or uh, as opposed to Gardner Minshew yeah yeah Gardner Minshew <laughs> I mean it's open season on Uncle Rico. Who do you guys think had a, 
Who do you guys have, think <laughs> who had the, the biggest improvement from week one then? Um, for me personally, I'm just going to go with the, the Buccaneers. Um, I thought, I mean, because they looked like absolute train wreck in week one and like two big sixes. And, and even though they didn't, you know, they only won by six points in 2014. Um, it was on like the short week, you know, and, and I just thought they played a lot smarter. The goal line stop was pretty big. Yeah. No turnovers. I mean, anytime you hold Christian McCaffrey to like seven fantasy points, that's that's a pretty good defense. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that's I think that's a whole other issue because I think Cam is really uh, is it's really on the downhill. I think we've his best days are for sure behind him. You think this um, is like his last year in uh, Carolina? I think it could be. It could even be his last year in the league. I mean. Who knows if he might go the Andrew Luck route? There's a possibility. He's already made. He's already, you know, made good money. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess certain players, you know, they kind of just fall off a cliff because of the physicality. And I forget what analyst made a good point, but um, you know, Cam Newton is more, you know, he, his wear and tear is more comparable to a running back, and he's 30 years old now. Now. And, you know, most mm-hmm. running backs are done after 30, so it kind of made sense that he's, you know, slowing down. Uh-huh. You know, just the injuries are piling up, and he, he just can't stay healthy with his shoulder, his ankle, his foot. Um, and yeah, and he's, he's instructed not to run. I, well, you can't say he's instructed not to run, but it, it seems like they're definitely... He's definitely... It's less of their game plan. Yeah. That, that's also because Christian McCaffrey has been so successful, I think. You know, like, if you have that option, then why would you risk hurting your quarterback? The guy that's supposed to be, like, the focal point of... Or he's supposed to be, like, you know, the leader of your team. Well, I think his... That's the thing, is Cam's best attribute. Like, when he was first coming into the league and he was, like, winning MVP, his rushing statistics, he was such a threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his goal line carries too. Yeah, and yeah, he was pretty much money on short yardage and goal line. Yeah, and so when you take that away, with I understand they're trying to preserve him, but I just think that their ceiling is is so much lower now that he's basically just a pocket passer. <laughs> and I think it was it was really telling at the the last play of the game. It was fourth and one, I think, right on the goal line. Mm-hmm. And instead of pounding it with a quarterback, you know, quarterback draw or power like he always, you know, used to do, uh, they did a pretty much an outside pit of McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a which, jet sweep. Like a jet sweep at McCaffrey, which fell short. And it's like you're telling me you can't get a yard with Cam Newton. Like that was just yeah, that's like, true. You, you know, you know, he's hurting. Hurting. And uh, real quick on Cam Newton, I pulled up his contract. He can actually be cut next year with only two million dead cap. So it's and, uh, I, yeah, and then after that, he's a he's a free agent. So it's possible this could be his last year in Carolina. Tanking for Tua. R.I.P. <laughs> Maybe they'll tank next year. <laughs> it wouldn't. They wouldn't want to do Cam dirty like that. And like, you know, shame him. I think they'll give him the whole year. But then after yeah. that season, I think they'll, mm-hmm. they'll be uh, tanking for who's the oh, Trevor Lawrence? Trevor, that'd be perfect because he's a Clemson guy. Oh, yeah. South Carolina. 
Panthers. Come on up to North Carolina. <laughs> no, so I think that, uh, to be honest, the biggest improvement from week one to me was the Browns. I mean, they got destroyed by the Titans week one. And then they come back and, granted, they probably had the easiest setup of any team in week two uh, going against the Jets team that didn't have Sam Darnold, didn't have C.J. Mosley or Quentin Williams. Like, And then their backup, uh, Trevor Simeon, goes down early in the game. Ugh. That was a... That was an ugly game, but the Browns the Browns did what they needed to do, and they came out and they they put it to them. Aside, is there besides maybe the Dolphins? Is there any team you less want to be a fan of than the Jets right now? I mean, I I really can't think mm. of one. Even I mean, even the Dolphins they have a bunch of draft picks. I yeah. might even I might even rather be a Dolphins fan. If you can hold on for one season. That's true. Well, I mean, like I said, the Jets have, they got a lot of good players in free agency this year. I think that they they do have options. Um, I just think that right now they, the injuries kind of piled up and like, it was just this week. There could be like, you know, some of their other players will come back within, I would say within a couple weeks. So yeah, it's going to suck, but it's, it's just uh, a yeah, fortunate fact of the game. At this point. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And it, it was kind of a shame, too, because it would have been cool to see what Arnold could do with this team, like to see how he was growing. Yeah. yeah. Arnold, Arnold's pretty good at the end of last year, so. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just unfortunate that they're having a really rough start to the season with all the injuries, and now they're on their third string quarterback, and yeah, it's, uh, it's rough. But. Oh, you know who I was really impressed with? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that uh, the team I was impressed with as far as the turnaround is the uh, the Falcons. Mm. Uh, they still played a little ugly, but I mean, against the NFC opponent, that's also pretty strong. Like a, a contender? Um, you know, a contender. And, you know, Matt Ryan threw a couple picks and the run game wasn't, you know, very... Uh, I think it wasn't very consistent, you know. The but, Eagles were dr- you know, dropping like wide receivers with flies, so. Yeah, so I mean, they put up some points. Julio Jones and Calder Ridley stepped up. Very and dangerous wide receiver tandem right now. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Ridley looks good. Ridley's amazing. I, I'm kind of low on Devontae uh, Freeman, though. I, I don't know. So. I don't really get excited by the run game. And then they had a couple of injuries on the offensive line, too. Um, you know, they, they invested so much capital in their offensive line in the draft. And I think they had two... Both two of them went out, out, yeah. Yeah, I don't know the severity... Yeah, I don't know the severity of their injuries. Um, but <laughs> that game... I don't know if you guys watched that game, but there's just injuries everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they should have just called it at halftime. <laughs> Did you hear that um, the the Eagles were so banged up that they actually canceled their padded practice today? Yeah. Really? So yeah. the rest players, because you know all the receivers are hurt. Wentz is hurt. Um, yeah. Ertz yeah, is hurt, I think, too. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's gonna be out for like two weeks. 
Dallas Goddard's hurt. Hurts was fine. I, I read that he played every snap in the game. Yeah, but he still got like he, you could see he got he got hit one time and it must have been like a kidney shot or something because he was just he was like, on his knee. Yeah, he was just he was sitting there for a while. I was, you know, as a fantasy owner, I was nervous still. Takes the wind out of you. No, they're still cringy. Uh, Like, do you think that they actually yeah, have the? They have, 
I don't think they have the firepower. Well, I mean, that's what the Jags are requesting, but the question is, is anyone going to actually give up that much for him? Um, maybe not two first-round picks, but Certainly maybe a first-round pick. Maybe, some play- maybe a player or something? Yeah. Frank, what something. do you think? Uh, I mean, I personally think he's going to stay on the Jags. Um, I think he's just, he's too good of a player. Um, it was just a sideline argument. Um, it wasn't like he stormed off into the locker room or, you know, quit on his team or anything like that. Um, it was just kind of a, a passionate, heated debate, I guess. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I just think he's, he's too good of a player at a really premium position and just be, you know, throwing away basically with, you know, the cheap rookie deal still okay. in intact. So I mean, he is only twenty four years old. Yeah, so he's got a lot of time left. Yeah, exactly. So um, you know, he still has a few years left on that deal, plus the fifth year option, plus you know, franchise tags. So unless, yes, yeah, unless they get you know the two first rounders that they're asking for, allegedly then I don't think it's worth trading him. Um, you know, well, it's one thing to request a trade, but, you know, unless he starts, you know, missing practices or... A holding um, type situation? You know, uh, yeah, basically holding out and forcing their hand, but I'm pretty sure he's still going to play. Um, you know, it's not like he got in a fight with teammates. I think... A lot of times it's more important to have a good relationship with your teammates than it is your coach. Um, you know, so I, I think he's going to stay. But uh, I do see if he, I guess if he does get moved, it would have to be to probably a team with a rookie quarterback because that's, that seems to be the trend is, you know, you have the rookie deal on the quarterback. And you max and out you just, the defensive players. You just max out and try to win now as much as you can. So, you know, the Chiefs could be, Chiefs. I don't know where they're at. There's been a lot of talk that the Chiefs are very interested in Jalen Ramsey. Um, you know who I think is actually going to make a play for him, though? This team is ranks dead last in passing yards def- on defense. And they do have a first-round pick to spare. Do you know who I'm talking about? Um, give me a sec. The Raiders. Yeah, I mean, think about it. They still have the Bears' first-round pick, and do they have a Cowboys' first-round pick? Uh, no, that was this year. That was this year. So, okay, they still yeah, have the Bears' first-round pick. Two. Yeah, they got the two first next year. And I mean, think they are right now through two weeks of the season. They do rank dead last in passing yards defensed, and I think that like, you know, John Gruden has a lot of time there. You know, he's got nine years left on his contract. He's gonna want a guy he can really like build a defense around. And they just lost Jonathan Abrams for the season, so adding a top-tier corner to his secondary would be pretty helpful, especially when you play Patrick Mahomes and Phillip Rivers twice a year. Yeah, yeah. tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Can we, can we please so just forget Joe Flacco, actually? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I he mean, ain't winning no more, so... Wait, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind the trade. If, if it were to happen, I mean, he is a all pro corner, and obviously we have to. If we're gonna, if the Raiders are gonna make any noise in the 
you know, in the future, it's going to have to be against KC. You know, if, if the AFC West that, runs through Kansas City, it's kind of like the days of you know the Colts with Peyton Manning. I mean, just having that generational talent at quarterback is hard to beat. So, I mean, I don't like the idea of getting rid of first round picks. Especially on a guy that's going to demand, you know, top dollar. But that's why you got rid of Khalil Mack, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so it's like Khalil Mack, Mack for Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> no. <laughs> mine, mine. No, um, but yeah, that's that's kind of why I see is um, if there is like a a, a real. Team that will come away with this, I think it could be the Raiders. They should at least throw their hat in the ring. So yeah, they're, def- they're definitely going to want to win now. Yeah, oh no, I was just asking. Like, so next thing is uh, obviously one of the big pieces of news is Eli Manning being benched for Daniel Jones this week. What do you guys think? Is he gonna come out and have a Mahomes-like game? Is he gonna? Be more so. more of the same in Eli. I think it will inspire hope. Like it's, it's time. I think we can all recognize that. Yes. That it's just about time that this happened. Um, Eli was not inspiring any confidence, and obviously due to his age, he's not really inspiring any hope for the future. And uh, Jones has looked, you know, really impressive in the preseason, at least. Mm-hmm. Even though he's got some fumbling issues, I think that's why I would like kind of temper your expectations because he's going to turn the ball. He's, he's yeah. proven that he's he's not super careful with the ball like you should be. Um, I mean, he he has been mentored by Eli Manning, so I'm sure he's teaching <laughs> him all the tricks. Can he teach him how to beat Tom Brady? Yeah, right. I mean, but that's the sacrifice you. You learn that you learn the, the the cheat code to beat Tom Brady, but then you give up the ability to throw to your own team. Unless it's the fourth quarter. That's true. Uh, how's the sack face though? That's what we need to know. <laughs> oh yeah, he's facing pressure. How's the, how's the uh, gonna contort his face for that slow motion camera? I mean, make all the people laugh. Yeah, the, all the all the meme generators, you know, shed a tear when Eli Manning got you know, his bench now. So Daniel Jones has the big shoes to fill. I don't know. I think that we have a new, a whole new meme that we can look forward to though. And that's benched Eli. So all of his bored expressions during the game. Yeah, exactly. Clipboard Eli. Clipboard Eli. There we go. That mouth is going to be hanging wide open the whole time. He's just mouth breathing. (laughs) Just mouth breathing into Daniel Jones's headset. (laughs) I thought there was a defender right on me I could hear him breathing down my neck (laughs) nope just Eli (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna sound like Darth Vader Darth Vader in the hole (laughs) Darth Manning there we go I think Daniel Jones I mean the thing with the NFL nowadays is you know the blueprint is you draft a rookie quarterback you play him pretty much right away, see what you have in him. And if he happens to be, you know, a starting caliber quarterback, 
then you you know beef up the defense, beef up the offensive line, and try to make a run for it. Um, kind of the days of letting somebody sit for you know more than a year is kind of over. Yeah, and, it's kind of just chuck know, them in there and see what they can do. Exactly, and you know Eli Manning is is done, and it's not like they're a competitor. That's true. You might as well see what you can get with him. Like, if he shows you promise, then you, like, really roll it out next year and you get some talent around him. But they're going to get a high first-round pick either way, so. Might as well get your your rookie some experience. Mm Mm-hmm. It's excited. It's true. I'm curious to see how he does. I mean, like, I don't have a lot of faith in him, but it's not really like it's going to be much of a drop-off from Eli. surprised about in in the Jets game on Monday was as soon as uh, Trevor Simeon went down they basically ran the ball for like eight or ten straight plays and they didn't really stack the box and stop them on the run they got like 40 yards on those plays yeah they were marching with Le'Veon yeah some of those plays plays where Le'Veon was was being awesome like he there's the one where he juked Joe Schubert out of his shoes and then Made another move down the field. He ended up getting like twelve yards or something on the play. But um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I understand when. Like I know what you mean. I, I thought that they were going to really be keying in on the run and making this ball guy Luke Falk throw him. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't really. At least not on that play. I mean, he did get. He did get that one like long completion, which I was surprised by. But I was, uh, you know, I was kind of. I think I was starting the Browns defense in one of my leagues, and I was really hoping for him to them to make him play quarterback, and well, he didn't commit many turnovers. He did not commit many turnovers, you said? Uh, I don't think he committed. Well, did he have an interception? I think he might have had one, like, towards the end. Yeah, but he, he played decent. Yeah. yeah. They did a pretty good job of keeping it, like, getting, like, making sure he didn't, screw up too much. So, uh, the other big storyline this week, if we want to talk about it, is the uh, quarterback injuries. So, outside of Eli getting benched, there's a few other, you know, new quarterbacks starting. Teddy Bridgewater for the Saints and Mason Rudolph for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Has Bridgewater been officially established as as the starter this week? 
I don't know. Um, I mean, you never know what Sean Payton's thinking, to be honest. I think he might think where he'd go with Okay. Because, I mean, they're paying him like $7 million bucks this year. They, could, they signed him specifically for this reason, yeah. so he's going to get first dibs. And, you know, those are tough. They'll probably they have a few more gadget plays. Yeah, with Taysom Hill lining up, or maybe they'll do some Wildcat type stuff. Um <laughs> It was it was interesting to see how much Alvin Kamara was neutralized when uh, when Drew Brees went down. What do you, uh, you think it'll be tough? What do you guys think of Kamara's like going forward while Bob Brees is out? Do you think he's gonna like, just totally fall off the cliff, or do you think he's gonna be okay? I think he'll be okay. It's um you know Saquon Barkley does well without a quarterback, so. And like Alvin Kamara, he's he's good at catching. He's good at running. Like he can do it all. So he's really is one of those like full um, threat running backs. Yeah, there's certainly. I mean, yeah, he's definitely. I mean, talent talent will take you pretty far. And I think just on film, he's one of the most elusive runners. You know, so as long as Teddy can get him the ball, and I think you know Bridgewater has pretty good accuracy. He's more known for his, you know, I think more of a dink and dunk kind of quarterback. So, uh, so maybe it raises his value was, even more. Especially at home. You know, if, yeah, maybe if he'll be like at home. They're playing at that's Seattle, that's so that's maybe, not, maybe not this week. That's the tough place to start. Yeah. <laughs> especially with Clowney. pretty good so far. Um, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to seeing the Steelers. Um, I really think that Mason Rudolph's going to play, like, you know, he's not going to light the world on fire, but I think he's going to play pretty well. I think he's going to be serviceable. Um, this is the best team that the Niners have faced so far. Um, they were on the road in their first two games, but they played Tampa and got, you know, it was them and Jameis Winston versus the Buccaneers. And then uh, <laughs> last week, you know, they, they played the Bengals, who looked respectable against... Uh, Seattle and on the road and we won, but then man, I, was, I was watching. I was watching some of this game and the Bengals were just blowing tackles left and right. Mm-hmm. Like they, uh, uh, on that uh, Ricky Boaster touchdown, he yeah, just ran through like, the Bengals. Cause 49ers run game is is pretty good. Sure. Yeah. He's Kyle Shanahan. That's what he's known for. Yeah, uh, but I mean they have you know, three running backs they can just rotate. So. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how they how they fare against the Steelers, but uh, I think I yeah, see that being kind of a oh sorry, I just oh, see that being oh. it's tough for the you know the Steelers to kind of I guess re you know redo all their game plans for Mason Rudolph, um, you know with only a, a quick week turnaround, but. I mean, I think he'll do okay, but the 49ers' defense has been pretty solid, too. True. Yeah, I do love their defense. Um, yeah. I, I see this kind of being a higher-scoring game. Um, I, I just think that the Steelers' offense will play well. I think that the team has faith in them, you know, and this is, it's not like he's a rookie. He was there all last year. Um, and so I think that I'm not too concerned about the, the turnover of the offense to him um, because he's been there for over a year. So I think that everyone's going to be kind of uh, 
on the same page with it. I don't know. I'm I'm losing faith in the Steelers' offense in general. Like even with Big Ben, we thought that they could just you know replace uh, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell with with James Conner, who was he was good last year, and then uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. But at the end of the day, it seems like Smith-Schuster. I mean, he's good when he has another great talent opposite him, but as like the main threat, he's uh like once he's got the number one corner or the number one guy on him, then he uh, he struggled. Like really helped them out. So far, yeah, definitely has. And now without their without Big Ben, I mean, as much as I hate to say, it, Big Ben is a he's a great talent. So I mean, he can get the ball to the players when when they need to, uh, as long as he doesn't throw to the other team. But do you think no matter what, Big Ben will be the Steelers' quarterback next year? No. If he comes back, if he comes back, yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, he was he was debating retiring last year, wasn't it? Yeah. He's done it multiple times. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows what the rehab of the of the elbow is? But yeah, maybe he's maybe he might hang it up. I think we're seeing a changing of the tide in terms of like you know he's been playing for 15 years now. They they were kind of talking about how the class of 2004, like those quarterbacks, they're finally starting to kind of cycle out. And this new wave is coming in, and I think it's just like it, it's getting to be that time. And could you foresee like a Brett Favre situation where imagine if Mason Rudolph plays pretty well, and you know Roethlisberger just like Favre, he's he's kind of been like, oh, am I going to retire this year? Oh, am I not going to retire? Blah blah blah. And if Mason Rudolph plays well, it might just be like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go with him. That implies that Mason Rudolph can play to the level of uh, Aaron Rodgers, and that's those are some big shoes to fill. Um, yeah, but I mean, the Packers, their first year with Rodgers, well, the first year with Rodgers wasn't because Favre was hurt or anything. Obviously, it's just because he's gone. But they only went six and ten. Um, yeah, that was the defense. Well. That was the defense. It was uh, Aaron Rodgers. Actually, didn't he throw for like four thousand yards or something? I honestly couldn't tell you. I want to say like he, he offensively he did really well. Um, I just remember that like, well I remember Lucas and I talking about it like during that time because I remember I was bragging obviously because Packers went six and ten, almost lost to uh, the Lions when they were winless that year. And uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, it was the last game of the season. But uh, I think that he did have really good stats, um, which is surprising given their record. He did throw for yards. Yep, 4,038, 28 touchdowns, 13 picks. Yeah. Pretty dang good. That's what I'm saying. Like, despite their record, he was he did play pretty well. Yeah, so I guess that, that would be a lot to ask. Uh, uh, Mason uh, Rudolph. Jones. Yeah, Mason Rudolph did. <laughs>
They did. I can see. They, they did trade for being respectful. Yeah, they, they traded for Mika Fitzpatrick. Yeah, yeah. they still have. They clearly still have designs on on, on being good this year. Or I don't know though, because you you just said like it's the GMs that are on the hot seat that are gonna trade away, like their high draft picks for good players. Because you know if they get fired, what what difference does it make? I see this this could be one of those moves where they he's just trying desperately to plug holes where we can, and unfortunately like the offense is struggling too. It's it's not just the defense. Did they ever you know, win a championship with Antonio Brown? Uh, yeah, when, when he was a, like a rookie or second year. like He wasn't the featured guy. But I think that was the... Wait, no, no I think he didn't win. That was against yeah, the Packers when they back. lost. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because the last Super Bowl win they have was against the Cardinals, right? Yeah. And I don't believe he was on the team quite yet. That was no, that was Heinz Ward and uh, Santonio Holmes. Holmes. Santonio Holmes, yeah. That was uh, that was their team. Yeah. yeah. I don't think AB was on the school, on the team yet. No, no, he was he was there with the with against the Packers. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, we'll see. But I think. Well, what do you think about Drew Brees? Um, I mean, he should be coming back this year, but... I think he sticks around for a little bit longer. I mean, he's still getting high production. I know his his talent's starting to drop off, but he's at least owed that. You know, like, him and Sean Payton have that that relationship. So I think that... I mean, he, he still sticks with the team for a while. I mean, he's... Like, you know, the city of New Orleans loves him, so it would be hard to really part ways with him. motivation to stay in the league as long as Tom Brady's in the league because they're pretty much battling for all these records now. Yeah. Breeze gets yeah, all the all the stats and Brady gets all the trophies. Well, because they're both on, on, a, on a race to um, Peyton Manning's touchdown record. They right, now they both, right now they both have 522. And Brady, or sorry, Manning has uh, 539, so another 17 to break the record. Brady's probably going to do that this year then. So I said, Brady's going to do it this year, especially with Brady's missing those, you know, eight weeks. But then. Well, Brady's could do that this year too. Well, but then, but then Brady will be the leader and then he has to catch up to Brady. So I think. Yeah. He's going to have the motivation to want to come back and play another couple of years to. To, uh, beat, to get the number one spot. For sure. For sure. So, it's amazing, Brady's longevity. Like, he's 42, and you still think he'll be in the league longer. Than, or, I think all of us probably think he'll be in the league longer than Breeze will. Um, you know, I, just me personally, I could foresee Breeze retiring before Brady does. Um, not necessarily because he wants to, but just because he can't really do it anymore maybe I, I think he's uh, gotten he's gotten a lot more hits than uh than Brady has Brady's been quite fortunate over the years like to have the offensive lines that he has had 
Um, he's also not really like one of those. He's not really one of those athletic quarterbacks either, so he doesn't put himself in those situations where he can take a bit more hits. I don't think it's just offensive line though. It's just they're both masters of like just getting the ball out. You know, they're not guys who pat the ball like Roethlisberger or Rodgers and like just sit and you know develop, try and let big plays develop. They're they're both so sharp at just getting the ball out and picking up yards, mm-hmm. being consistent like that. But the difference to me is when you watch them play. I think Breeze looks like he's falling off a little bit, but Brady just looks as sharp as ever. I mean, that ball just snaps out of his hands, and and his his. Uh, Bro looks as good as it ever has to me. I think he's... I don't know if he still has the deep ball, though. I mean, not that he really needs it with all the weapons he has right now, but uh, obviously they just plugged in uh, Antonio Brown this week and he immediately scores a touchdown. So... It's kind of like... I forgot how good he was. It kind of makes you wonder, though, just like... What position do you think is, like, the easiest? when If you, like, get traded to another team or whatever, like, what... What position would make it easiest to just like plug and play like the next week, or like how easy is it to learn the playbook, like to get the defense or the offense down to where you can immediately make a contribution? Um, I would I would say the uh, you know defense line. Hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't have a NFL defensive playbook, but <laughs> just from a you know, just from a scheme perspective, I mean, all your offensive players need to know route concepts and, you know, the different play calling. Audibles, um, yeah. Like the audibles, the, uh, blitz, you know, blitz protection. Um, even offensive line, you know, you need to know, obviously, you know, where the ball's going and is it a pass block, is it a run block, is it pooling, is it, you know, screen left or right. There's Plus, you need that cohesiveness, too. Like, you exactly. gotta be like in on the same page with all the four or five other guys that you're playing on the line with, plus the quarterback. Yeah. So yeah. So and then on the defensive side of the ball, um, you know the coverages need to kind of work in tandem. So all your secondary needs to really know, you know, so you don't blow a coverage. Yeah. Uh, linebackers pretty much you know same thing. Whereas your your defensive lineman, you know, the most complicated it gets is you know doing some stunts. Well, so you so it would, you're saying like defensive tackle though, right? Because like if you were a defensive end, you could theoretically like fall back into coverage. You could be doing, you know, something along I mean, those lines. I mean, deep, deep tackle is probably the easiest, and then I would say the end would be the second on that list. But yeah, you know, there's a reason why they 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 can switch out defensive linemen so freely during the game. You know, you have your third down rush specialist. So you're the run stopper. You know, yeah, I get it. Yeah, so I think like if you, you know, if you wanted to trade for a defensive end, or I mean, just even look at Cleo Mack. He got traded the week before the season. And he was just Monday night. He or was it Sunday night when he came out and played the Packers? He had interception and like fumble fumble recoveries. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously a he's obviously a all pro player, but it kind of just shows that you can plug and play at that. Position. Yeah, I would say communication needed. Honestly, I, I think it's I think it's more the wide receiver position that's like easier to know because like you think about it like the run plays, it's not always super obvious if a wide receiver screws up a block on a run play, you know, 
Like, if they don't get the corner, like, that's not that big a deal. It's, you know, like, the running back could still easily get, like, a, if they break free and, you know, get to the secondary, they could easily still get 10 yards or so. And that's a successful play. Um, and then on the passing plays, like, you know, if they're if they're a good wide receiver, they should they should know, like, they should know all the, the passing, like, all the routes. It's just a matter of remembering which ones are which. And so, you know, they might not even be targeted on a lot of the passing plays, but they'll have a few ones specifically designated for them, and, and they'll know. I've seen, I just remember um, seeing this, like, behind-the-scenes thing one time. I think it was for Andy Dalton and A.J. Green's rookie year, where they were both, obviously they were both rookies, so they're both learning the playbook, but Andy Dalton was constantly telling A.J. Green where to line up, and he's just like, if you're a good enough athlete, then they just tell you, like, just run this route, and I'm going to hit you, and, like, you'll be, you'll be golden. I mean, like, obviously there's more nuances if you really want to master an offense, but I think that, like, it really just requires you being, like, a good athlete, and you can just make an impact right away. I mean, that's what happened with Antonio Brown. Yeah, but that was also against the Dolphins. True. Scary. That's fair. But one game against the Broncos. Let's let's see him hit that shot against like the Packers or something and then we'll talk. Passing touchdowns Lamar exclusively? Jackson. Yep, Lamar Jackson. Um, um, who's number three? 
deck? Yes, sir. Wow. Oh. What does he win? He wins. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he wins uh, one minute of under uninterrupted uh, monologue. Ready to go. Oh, God. Yes, good. your life story? I want to look ahead to week three. Like, uh, like I think last week, I think we said it earlier in the pod, but the, the game's just weren't that exciting, but there's some matchups this week that just look so juicy. Um, starting with, like, Ravens-Kansas City. I mean, there's That's nothing true. forward to that. Top two yeah, upcoming the, uh, QBs. Yeah, it's be a, sh- a shootout for sure. It's both of... I mean, Kansas City has played better teams than Baltimore so far, um, probably by a mile. Uh, but I think this is both of their first real, real tests of the year. You know? That's true. Well, um, Baltimore's had one of the most cupcake like first two weeks of like any team. I think, you know, if you played yeah. Miami and Arizona right off the bat, you should be two and zero. Although Arizona, they're doing, they're doing that uh, that college schedule, you know, <laughs> Alabama does every year. Tune-up game. Baltimore against Georgia Southern. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do they play Sacramento State next week? <laughs> yeah, they're going on the road at least. Alabama State A and M A and T. Oh man! Um, but I, that game to me is the one that really jumps off. Um, there's a couple other good matchups, but that one I'm looking forward to the most, just because you know Baltimore is kind of known for having the good defense, and um, and now they have Lamar Jackson, obviously, and. He's been lighting it, lighting it up so far. Let's see how he does on the road in Kansas City. Tough place to play against another team that's definitely going to be moving the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Baltimore's defense is nothing to sneeze at, but it's just I don't see. It's lost some of its bite really for stop. sure. Yeah, and and how do you really stop this Kansas City offense? I mean, yeah. you can only hope to slow him down. Yeah, pretty much. So. But now with, with Lamar and the offense looking the way it does, there's at least hope that they're going to be able to keep up to a certain degree. Oh, it's um, going to be a shootout for sure. Yeah, this is, this is going to be really a really interesting game for me. Um, and, you know, I got Lamar as my, my number one QB. I'm, I'm all aboard the Lamar Jackson hype train. After week one, I was like, wow, imagine what he could do if he ran the ball. And then he had 100 ran the ball. <laughs> And it was, I was just like, wow, like this guy can do everything. Yeah, he's looking pretty good. And then especially, I'm really surprised with Hollywood Brown. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, rookie receivers don't really have a lot of success historically, you know, to start. Right. And, um, you know, certain, certain, you know, his knock is that he just didn't have the size. You know, he is pretty small, but I mean, he's winning some jump balls. Um, obviously he has the speed but he's looking like a, an actual complete receiver that you know people weren't thinking which is why he fell down to the you know end of the first round so, yeah and two and like only two games into the season too but he is uh, he is Antonio Brown's cousin I mean the talent is there like I think uh, I think part of it comes down to like you know him and Lamar Jackson they're both like they're both young they're just they're both like getting started on this offense so they do have kind of like that that chemistry. True. Yeah, he 
he's electric, man. He is. But he's only he's only five nine, so. Steve Smith. Um, He's sure. probably, probably. I think I think he's smaller than Tyreek Hill because um, yeah, it says right here that Brown's only uh, he's five nine one seventy, okay. and Tyreek Hill's five ten one eighty five. Wow, so, five nine one seventy. I I noticed there was a there was a play in the Cardinals game, um, the Ravens Cardinals when it was it was early on in the game and it might have been. Lamar's first completion to Marquise Brown, but it was it was in the middle of the field. It was you know a, a moderate gain, um, maybe like twelve or so yards. But he was he was running, looking for a place to go, and there was nowhere to go. And he just he fell to the ground so quick. Um, he hit the deck very fast. Yeah, like he was probably probably yeah, because he doesn't know what D lineman is coming behind him to knock his block off. So he really hit the deck fast. Um, so. So, you know, he's playing smart, it looks like, and I think I think he'll hold up fine. You know, there's so many rules now to protect receivers, um, and they're going to be smart with them, too. Uh, yeah. Not to be running them over the middle. Yeah. Like, the linebacker can clean them up for safety. But, but yeah, I'm, he's looking uh, really promising. I agree. That's for uh, Mark Andrews. Yeah. Superstar tight end now. Now, yeah, the, the fantasy. yeah, you know, you know the team I'm or the matchup I'm really excited to see is uh, Houston at LA. Like, I think that both these teams, which, which LA Chargers, <laughs> I think that both these teams, you know, they they always seem to have a really good team on paper, and so I think it's just kind of I'm I'm curious to see if this is going to be like I think this is going to be a big shootout too. I think that uh, Houston's kind of frustrated with how they performed last week on offense. And I think the Chargers are too. I mean, they both got kind of shut down offensively and they have the talent. I think that they're going to, they're just going to blow the lid off these offenses and it's going to be a, it's going to be a really high scoring game. With, uh, with Houston's struggles protecting Watson, I kind of see the Chargers really uh, getting after him. Yeah, uh, especially with Bosa. Bosa and Nero. Yeah. They, got a, they got a pretty fierce pass rush, pass rush there. Um, but the line is, it's Chargers by three, and they're at home, so you know they're seeing it as a pretty even game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Houston certainly does have that uh, that explosiveness. Um, mm-hmm. Both these teams, one and one. Uh See the Chargers. They played the Lions last week, and they played again week one. It was the Colts, right? Yeah, yeah the Colts. Yeah. And then uh, they they barely won thanks to uh, Adam and Terry missing a couple couple mm-hmm. extra points. Mm-hmm. It's true. They were they did have a really good record last year, though. I mean, obviously that's with Melvin Melvin Gordon, but I mean you kind of plug in Eckler and Justin Jackson, and I think combined they do a pretty good job of a. Uh, you know, making up for what Gordon, what you miss with Gordon. Yep, this is why you don't you don't pay guys like Melvin Gordon ten million dollars a year or thirteen or whatever he's asking for. Because like, Austin Eckler and Jackson are going to be just fine. That's true. You know. Yeah, and you might as well pay them yeah, like just the minimum, like the rookie contracts and stuff. Yeah, yeah, just like you know, total for each of them. 
Yeah, yeah just use the money to shore up your offensive line, and that's pretty much all you need. Do you see uh, Melvin Gordon still getting traded? <sighs> um, no. I think he's going to try to come back. I mean, he's tried He's tried getting traded, but I think everybody sees what you, know, what you just said, is that running backs, even if they're great talents, I mean, they are to some extent replaceable. Uh-huh. Except for, like, the very best of the best. So I think we can all agree Melvin Gordon isn't in that Saquon, Zeke, Kamara class. Uh, I mean, he's he's good, but he's he's. He I would say he he's been, maybe he he's just been, below that. Yeah, he's exactly he's the tier below that. Yeah, um, he's productive. He's you know he's really effective, but he's not really changing your fortune that much. Yeah, he's not worth what he wants to get paid. Yeah, and, and he's, not, he's not he's not durable either. Mm-hmm. I mean, like. Zeke, I know he's missed some time with suspension and, and those kind of issues, but I mean, he's a straight workhorse. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Saquon, I mean, it's only one year, but, you know, there's just certain players where you know you can feed them and they just never get hurt, even though running back is the most punishing position to play. Um, Frank Gore is going to leave. He's going to report back, though, eventually, because I think it's after week 10. If you don't report, then you lose that year of uh, towards free agency. Uh, yeah, yeah, el- eligibility towards free agency. So, if he wants out, he's gonna have to come back and play. And he, um, and he's gonna come back. It's just a matter of yeah. what, when. Like it's it's. I've heard anywhere from like week seven to week twelve or, or week week ten, I guess. So. Possibly, but the more like Eckler like seems to perform how he is. I mean, he's the number one fantasy running back right now. If he keeps performing like this, they're gonna like Melvin Gordon's upside goes down. Like, I think that uh, it, it kind of depends how he performs and how the team performs. If they still are middling at like a, as a five hundred team towards the middle of the season, then I think that he has a lot more leverage than if they you know if they go on and they're pushing for the division. Right, but last year they were they were right in the mix with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, is we you know more of a wild card scenario, but yeah, yeah I, guess. I mean, I don't blame the guy. I mean, he he wants a contract. Um, you know, he is when he is healthy, he does get the ball. You know, twenty times a game. So he's just trying to save his body. Um, he thought. I mean, he kind of bet on himself, and it just turns out Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson are. I think they would want to get him back like for some portion of the season. I'm always in, I'm always cool with a guy trying to get his money, you know, especially if you hear people talk about oh like these these athletes nowadays, like they're 
especially in the NFL, like all these NFL players, you know, they they want they still have you know years left on their deal and they want new contracts. And you know, I kind of see where you're coming from a little bit, but these teams are ruthless at the same time, and they will cut you in the blink of an eye if they if there's a better or cheaper way to get production out of your position. So. Yeah. yeah, and like you said, they'll yeah. run it, they'll run you into the ground too. Like they don't care what happens yeah. to your body, they will yeah, they will completely decimate you, first, and then just toss you aside. If you're a first round draft pick, it could be over seven years before you get an actual long term deal uh, mm-hmm. because of the franchise because tags. you get the fifth the fifth year option plus two franchise tags, which is mm-hmm. you know, what what can happen. So it's like if one team can control your rights for seven years without being able to hit the open market and like negotiate a new rate and that's the thing is a lot of these players you know they want more money but if they were a free agent it would be like a crazy bidding war for these players you know so yeah the franchise I tag if I, was the, if I was the players union or you know if I was in the players union I'd be trying to get rid of that because you know that's just hampering guys from getting security you know I, I think that is one compensated but in a sport like this, I, w- I want the security more than the one-year top dollar. I think um, they are working on that towards, uh, what is it, The they have to restructure the collective bargaining agreement at the end of yeah. 2020 or something? I believe so. So I think that is going to be one of the main like um, changes that they're going to try to work through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, I mean, like, the way, I mean screw these billionaires that like have ridiculous amounts of money and they just expect you to like, I think it was Jerry Jones that said like, you're my puppet, like dance for me or the, you're on my stage. And it's just like, that's, that's how they all act though. That's how they all treat them. And it's like, you're basically just one of my, you're my court jester. And so, so like I was saying, like just no, no, no issue from me with these players holding out and trying to get their, their money because you know, the money they're getting paid is, you know, and not pennies, it's still a lot of money, but it's pennies. But the sacrifice they take in health, like, they need they need yeah. that money. I mean, like, they're providing for yeah. their future, like, for their kids and their grandkids, and, you know, they're just trying to build a better world for their family. So, uh-huh. like like you said, I, I have no issue with it either. I think they, they absolutely need to have more more leverage in these... In these um, negotiations yeah. yeah you can definitely tell that with all these you know trade demands and holdouts and you know, wanting to negotiate contracts um, you know it's definitely becoming the players are trying to seize the power a little bit more yeah. you know just look at the NBA I mean nobody blinks an eye when a, when a superstar wants out and then they tra- get traded at the deadline or you know they, they whenever they whenever they get contracts they always have uh, player options where they can opt out, uh, you know, to hit the open market, and you don't really see that in a lot of NFL contracts. But I think, you know, with Kirk Cousins getting a fully guaranteed contract and and uh, Zeke getting a new contract two years before his contract is up, I mean, you kind of see it shifting a little bit. So yeah, I'm all so for it to be honest. Yeah. If you're, I mean, if you were an NFL player and you see that the the way these NBA guys have it, I'd want a piece of that too. Yeah, you know? seriously. I'm gonna raise my kids to be NBA players, not uh, NFL players. I oh, mean, go go golf. It's even better. <laughs> golf or baseball? 
Like, you know, you see baseball players made, you know, 30 million bucks this year that I wouldn't recognize if I was talking to yeah, but the thing with baseball is like there, it's such a huge population of players. Like you got, you're not even looking at like the double A and triple A players that are making like, you know, yeah, like 30, 40 grand. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> then you have to watch your kid play baseball for years. Uh, <laughs> I can't do it. Sorry, <laughs> right, Junior. No go. Can I just adopt like a top baseball prospect? Yeah. Go to Cuba. Like, <laughs> adopt some kid. Okay, so you're trying to be like the. Uh, yeah, Michael. Side. Yeah, blindside. Yeah. Michael O'Hare. Uh, is, you're gonna like just go. You're just gonna like call around a different shelter, so, like <laughs> different YMCA's and stuff. Be like. Do you have any like six five, three hundred pound kids walking around that need a home? Like, <laughs> you go visit one, and there's like, oh, hey, this Esteban guy. What's his? What'd you clock his fastball at? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the you know the meet and greet day. It's like here, throw this ball. <laughs> you want to go play catch with your old man? <laughs> Why do you have a radar gun? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, champ. Oh, Come on, slugger. That's where all those nicknames come from. Are from <laughs> parents trying to force their kids to make it rich. To be the was it Mike Trout? Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, the, the security and the yearly money that these guys get. You know, they're, I, I mean, I'm not wrong, but I think they're fully guaranteed contracts and. Like, well, he signed like 12 years, 400-some million. I thought it was 330 million. I thought it was 10 no, he's, he's over four. He's definitely over four. Oh, okay. Yeah, all the contracts are guaranteed except for NFL. Yep. And the most, the most brutal sport that we have in America, you know, based on the injuries and the, the average length of these players' careers and you watch a game, how many guys get injured? How many injury stoppages are per game? You know, what's the over under? Like four and a half? Mm-hmm. Um, All right, guys. So we're, we're getting close to the end of the time. Uh, how about if we move over to, our, uh, yeah, to the, picks. Uh, the picks for our teams? Frank, do you have the, uh, the spreads? I got them. Uh, let's just recap last week real quick. So all of us lost except... Lucas won his over-under bet of betting the under on the Minnesota-Green Bay game. And what was the number for that? Uh, under, the line was at 44, and they scored 37 total. So. Nice. But no one else covered, so we're all in the hole. We got to dig ourselves out this week. <laughs> all right, this is a great start. So, uh, so winners, winners start first. Sure. Yeah, so Lucas, uh, what, what action do you want this week? Oh, okay, so we're not just picking our teams, we're picking any team? Um, if you want to, I mean, there's, there's I thought, three yeah. ridiculous lines, like the, uh, yeah, <laughs> the, Jets, the, Dolphins <laughs> the Jets and the Dolphins games. <laughs> yeah, those are unbelievable. Um, hmm. Well, real quick, if 
was to pick my if I was to pick my team, Green Bay is eight under or is minus eight, sorry. Over under is forty three. I'd probably take the over and I would take the Packers. Um just because I think that they're gonna start rolling in form here. They they've progressed, you know, week one their offense looked really shaky. Week two, um they started off hot, but then fell off a cliff in week three, and I'm hoping that they're going to put together a more complete offensive game, and, and I think their defense is really going to be able to hold Flacco, so um, I suppose actually I'd take the under, but I'd take Green Bay minus eight, and then real quick, other game is the Sunday night game. I like the Rams minus three at Cleveland. Um, I think that the Rams are just a class above Cleveland, and they're going to show it on Sunday night, so I would take the Rams minus three, um, 49 and a half. I'm going to take the over. Okay. All right. Uh, Casey, you, do you have the numbers in front of you, or do you want I don't. Can you, can you read them off to me? Uh, what game are you oh. interested in? Uh, I guess I'll stick with the, the Bears game. All right, so it's Bears at Washington on Monday night. Uh, so even though they're the visiting team, Chicago is minus four. Minus four. Um, so they're favored by four. And then yeah. the runners at 41 and a half. Yeesh. Um, I'm going to go under on that because I just um, I need to see more out of this offense right now. And Washington, I, to be honest, Case Keenum has actually been playing pretty well as a, like, as a fantasy QB. I think in fantasy he's the fifth-ranked QB right now, which is surprising. But... Um, He's actually playing pretty well, but I still think that Chicago's defense is just going to be no match for him. He's going to get crushed. Uh, I think it's going to be another low-scoring affair, so I'm going to say under. And then it's minus four, you said? Yeah. On the road. And, I need, and we're giving specifics, like how much we think they're going to win by? No, you can just bet. If you think the Bears are going to win by more than four, then you take the Bears. I think it's going to be another close one. I'm going to say Washington on that. Like, I think the Bears can still win. We'll still win it, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer than four. You know, like last last week they won by two. It could be another very close game that comes down to a field goal. All right. So Washington plus four and under 41 and a half. Yeah. Exactly. So. Okay. For fun, I'm going to take one of these uh, ridiculous lines here. <laughs> Uh, the question is, I want to take Miami in Dallas minus twenty or Dallas minus twenty one, or New York in New England with New England favored by twenty three. Wow. Um, let's see, that's gonna be tough. They're both on the road. I'm gonna say I'm gonna take the. The Dolphin. Uh, I don't know. That's twenty-one points is a lot, but I mean, they got <laughs> they just got blown up like crazy. Yeah. And they don't have Minka Fitzpatrick anymore. They've been outscored uh, fifty-nine to ten, and then forty-three nothing. Some quick math here for you, boys. <laughs> so oh, thirty-nine, thirty-nine, and uh, forty-three. So by eighty-two, eighty-two points. Yeah. So all right. I'm going to stay away from that, but the Jets actually have a decent defense, so I'm going to take the Jets plus 23. 
I think they think they only lose by twenty one. Um, <laughs> and they're real It's gonna be crazy. I'm gonna be looking for those garbage time points. Um, and the over under four. Over is at forty four. I'm gonna take the under on that. Under forty four. Yeah, I think under forty four. I think it's gonna be like I don't know, maybe thirty to ten. That would cover for me on both ends. You think that the Raiders are gonna win or the Vikings are gonna win? Um, man, that's tough. It's in Minnesota. Good defense. But Minnesota's here by eight. Um, I'm probably not gonna take any. It's gonna be bad luck. It was bad luck last week, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that one alone. <laughs> I'm gonna stay with the Jets. I think the with that Rangers Vikings game, I'm thinking the uh, you know the Rangers got kind of pulls through the air. I don't really see Minnesota doing that. Um, I don't think that the, that's a bold prediction that they're not going to light up Raiders like Mahomes did. But um, it seems like more of like a ball control kind of game because when the Raiders were able to use Josh Jacobs last week, he was effective. I mean, he had like 99 yards on 12 carries, right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, he had a big, like, 50-yard run, so. I think he's the fourth-best running back right now in terms of rushing yards. Yeah, I mean, he's doing pretty good. I mean, all I know is he has more yards than uh, Montgomery. So for good. now. Yeah, for now. Um, that actually kind of leads me. I just want to ask one thing for you guys. Is there any one player um, that you guys are predicting to have kind of like a breakout game? Um it could be a rookie, it could be just a guy who hasn't performed uh, like you think he, he's capable of yet, or maybe he's on a new team, anything mm. like that? Good question. Um, uh, I would say my pick, mainly because he's on my fantasy team in a couple leagues, but I think Mike Evans, I know it's not really a good breakout, one. but I mean, he hasn't really been doing this much this year. Um, yeah, it's a breakout this year. Godwin has been kind of the number one over two weeks. So I guess the Giants with the rookie quarterback at home, I think this is kind of the perfect recipe. Jameis is playing a little bit better, so I think he has a nice game and kind of goes back to his, you know, his usual Pro Bowl form. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe gets a couple touchdowns, a couple long bombs, connects. So yeah, and you can definitely um, throw in the Giants this year. Yeah, so I think it's kind of the perfect storm there okay. for an average a good game to kind of actually get into the season I like uh, I, I like Jarvis Landry uh, I think he's kind of had a slow start but I think that um, you know a lot of attention is going to be on OBJ this week so I think that uh, it's going to leave him open for some small some short passes over the middle and just uh, get him more involved he was it seemed like he was targeted a lot in the game on Monday but he just they just couldn't quite connect. So I think that uh, they find that connection uh, on Sunday. And for me, looking at Monday night, I'm, this guy's also on my fantasy team, so I hope this isn't just coming from my my bias, but I'm looking at David Montgomery, man. In the week one, he was criminally underused. Last week, they, they really made a focus to get him involved more. And I think he had 18 carries. Um, he didn't really have a lot that much he wasn't very efficient yardage wise 
Um, but they were really feeding him on the goal line too. They were trying mm-hmm. to get him in. Yeah. Luke getting his, his touchdown. Um, and now he's going against a much more manageable uh, defense. Um, and I just foresee them really feeding him. And, uh, you know, another week with him is their, their definite lead guy. So I think he's really going to break out this week. You're here. Yeah. Means me to stay. Dilly dilly. Welcome to the Kirkland. <laughs> it may not be the promised land, but it's the Kirkland. It's right next door. Every week, we have, every week we have to go over how Christian Kirk and Kirk Cousins did. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, a... Official spokespeople. This is... Well, you know... Kirkland Wednesday brought to you by Kirkland <laughs> When you want to buy a bulk on a contract, you get Kirk Cousins, official sponsor of Kirkland Light. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. That about wraps it up, gentlemen. That's it, yeah. Until next time. All right. Thanks for Until tuning in. Time, don't forget to scoop and score. We are.